I was so grateful when I found out that you were going to be my mentor. The program was amazing and it was a definite pivotal point in changing my business mindset. So I didn't actually realise how important a coach or a mentor was until I actually had one. Because when you're in your business day in, day out with no one else but yourself to make to be accountable, it can be difficult to stay truly focused on everything. And you also forget how important it is to value yourself and your time and celebrate your wins instead of always being hard on yourself when you have minor setbacks. Welcome to the Viscosity Podcast brought to you by VLM Training and Coaching Specialists across the UK and Australia, hosted by founder Vicky Main. Are you a business owner, leader or executive? Have you ever felt stuck or disappointed about where your life or business is heading? Do you ever feel overwhelmed, compare yourself to others or feel like you're swimming in treacle at times? This podcast is here to help you become unstuck from viscosity to achieving escape velocity and expanding your knowledge. Our guests on the show will share practical tips and real life experience about how they got out of negative situations or circumstances to live their best life on their terms. We'll be sharing real life stories from real people doing incredible things. Stay tuned for our next guest. Welcome to episode seven of the Viscosity podcast. I'm your host, Vicky Main, and we have Carrie-Ann Forsyth in the studio today, who is the studio director at Esteem Dance Company and the chair of the Adrenaline Theatre Association. Welcome, Carrie-Ann. It's great to see you today. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Vicky. Fantastic. So, Carrie-Ann, you've had quite a journey in the dance industry. And how did you get into dancing in the first place? I started back dancing when I was three years old in the UK. My parents will tell you that I was adamant to be a dancer or be on play school. I was rushed to hospital at three with meningitis. So they took some x-rays on my lungs, but what they found was multiple congenital abnormalities of my spine. So my parents thought it was would be good to keep me active and get me involved in as much dancing as I could. So I did everything, disco dancing, ballet, tap, even ballroom dancing. So then when we immigrated to Australia, I couldn't get enough of it. I went into every genre that mum would let me do. So between the ages of three and 15, dancing was my absolute life. It was every day, every night, every shopping trip, I'd tap around Whitford City Shopping Centre. I lived and breathed it. But then suddenly, as it got a bit older, my curvature of my spine became a bit more obvious. And I definitely didn't want anyone to notice. But unfortunately, it started to become noticeable. A few comments were made by teachers and then ridiculed by some of my peers. And then that love and passion became a horrible place and my self-esteem plummeted. I knew that in the 80s and 90s, if you wanted to be a dancer, you had to have that perfect straight spine, that perfect body. So I felt in my head that there was no hope for me to live out that dream of being a dancer, which I've obviously wanted to be since I could walk. So one day I just stopped and I quit for a year or so and I got a bit lost. But after that, I decided that it was silly to not jump back on the horse. So after spending a few months after my tea and going to England, I came back and I decided to get myself noticed again with my dancing. So I did some gigs here and there, dance parties, worked with some international artists as a dancer. I settled into working as a subcontractor for a few schools and then slowly as the dancing work in, came in as a young adult, it started to reunite my passion and aspirations and the ideology of owning a dance school became not so unrealistic all of a sudden. Amazing. So then I was approached by a national childcare chain to develop some routines that were developmentally suitable for children ages between three and eight years of age. And these routines were to be taught 
but to professional dancers and actors who were to be part of this great new show. On the day I was teaching the Regines to the leads, I was approached to take on the role as this lovable three-year-old lizard called Spike. And Spike was into sports and healthy eating, so he was right up my alley. So my life as a mascot and a dancing lizard came to fruition (laughs) and I did this for many years and it was really special. My girls got to come on tour with us and we were invited to do lots of local events and a highlight was being a crazy entertainer in the phone rooms at Telethon for a couple of years. That was always good fun. I then went on to work with the Australian Sports Commission, a dance deliverer for the Active After School Foundation program and that was another amazing highlight, getting me back into that mindset of owning my own dance school and having it as a career. I was had the opportunity to go into schools at lower socioeconomic settings and teach dance to students that might not have had the opportunity to do extracurricular activities. And that was really, that was just a great place to be. I was meeting so many beautiful children that wouldn't have got to dance otherwise. And we ended up doing lots of things for Catholic Performing Arts with those groups and the Wakakiri. And I got nominated as a top deliverer for two years running. So that was another goal. Yeah. So I'd come a long way from that headspace of I can't be a dancer because I'm, I don't have the perfect fit and the perfect body. But I wanted an outlet to, to really start to promote that you could be yeah. a dancer despite sure. any short givings, physical short givings that you couldn't control. So in order to do that, I decided to open Esteem. And Amazing. the rest is history. <laughs> so you opened Esteem 12 years ago? 14 years 14 ago, years in fact. 14 years ago yeah. now, yeah, 14 years ago. And that must have been a pretty big decision at the time. But tell us about what the story and the journey are in terms of where, how did that flourish and what happened during that time? Well, I had been working as a subcontractor for a couple of places and I thought I'll give it a bit of a break and work on my Bachelor of Education because I wanted to have lots of theory behind my practice as well as just the dance knowledge. So as I was studying, I started to get messages from parents that were looking for me. They thought I must have gone off to another dance school and a group of them got together and actually demanded that I start teaching their kids again. They found me a hall and said, please come back. So it's amazing. We started in a hall in Meroa and another one, the Gilbert and Sullivan Society in Nolamara, two little halls with 13 children. Yeah. And by the end of that first year, I had 80 students. So it was, I jumped back on the horse there and within two years, I needed a space of my own. So we got our first studio in 2010. Fantastic. So what does the future hold for esteemed dance company in the future? From that space, we ended up moving into an even bigger space and a beautifully aesthetic space that we're in now that we love. But currently the future is looking even rosier because we are negotiating a third space that we can utilise to generate more classes and to allow us to go more into the wellness space as well as the children's dance space. So sound healing, women's circles, men's circles, yoga pilates, the list goes on and on. So that's quite exciting. And who knows, we could even expand and have a South of the River studio as well. It's not off the bucket list. (laughs) That's fantastic. Your story, like we met back in, it must have been about three years ago, two years ago now, and when you came to some of the workshops that I was running at the time and your progression through even the last three years is phenomenal and obviously setting up the not-for-profit that you've got now and in that space that you're working in. And also having worked, you work now with your daughter, Brittany, and as a business partner. So that's quite exciting as well. And we'll talk more about that as we go along. But I guess the thing is, you didn't let it hold you back. Your The challenges that you had as a child, you still had that dream and you didn't let it hold you back. And that's there's something to be said and that's pretty pretty courageous 
Yeah, I look back now and I think, wow, I'm so glad I didn't stick with the status quo and I, I took the risks that I did take in order to be where I am today. But just on the topic of Brittany, we are definitely in this space because that she is so amazing as a business partner. We complement each other. We've got just this yin and yang thing going on and it's really amazing. It was really hard to run the dance school solo for the 11 years because I couldn't kick as many goals because I had to spread myself so thin often a lot of the time. But between the two of us, it's it's great. People laugh, we sound the same, we look the same, but we're so different in the way that we approach things. And I guess those differences complement our business styles and we just make a dynamic duo. I think I'm so blessed to have her as my business partner. That's incredible. And so lovely that she's following on in your footsteps, quite literally being a business owner and also an entrepreneur at home and dancing and doing what she loves. So what would you say are the top soft skills that you have to have in business. If somebody on the on who was listening to this was in want to set up their own business, what do you think they need to have that will really lay the foundations for success for them? Personally, I feel that the two main areas would definitely be communication. In a business such as ours, it just would fall to pieces without succinct communication at all levels. Parents are busy juggling jobs, extracurricular activities, Hence, you need to have all channels of communication open to ensure every single person, child, caregiver, grandma, as well as staff, know exactly what's going on and when, particularly with community events and concerts and things like that. So our communication channels need to be like a well-oiled machine constantly in order for the business to run effectively. And that communication starts with Brittany and I at the start of the week, having a bit of a quick meeting about the key areas that we need to communicate across the board to the staff and the students. So then the key things are out at the right times. Um, I guess the other area that's really important to us for our business is emotional intelligence because we have to be able to self-regulate always. We have to keep motivated and be acutely aware in the way in which we relate to the children and families at all times. But we're also in the business of enhancing children's emotional intelligence as well because we, through the dancing, we're driving them to become intrinsically motivated learners, encouraging them a team mentality and social skills. So we are in the field of supporting them to enhance their emotional intelligence. So for us in our particular line of business, emotional intelligence is a, is key. Yeah. And do you know what's wonderful about what you're doing? And I resonate with this as well, is that you are living your dream and fulfilling your passion. So it must flow for you in terms of the business. But there has there been some times where there's been some tough times in business or what would you say is probably the toughest thing for you being in business? There's a couple of things. I think the work-life balance in this particular field of business can get hard because you don't do a nine to five. You might have a split shift. You'd work in the mornings and then you do the afternoon. So sometimes finding that it is a challenge to find that work-life balance all the time because you can't just clock off clock on and off but so that's one of the tough things about this particular area of business and I guess the other toughest thing for me on a personal level is my expectation to keep every single person happy 100% of the time yeah and I've often agonized over what I can what can I do better but I realize that I'm never going to please 100% of the people 100% of the year and we have to really let go of that expectation I'd say we keep 99% of our customers happy 100% of the time which in the way that we support and nurture their children and help them with their goals and aspirations but there's always going to be that one person that says this doesn't suit me this doesn't suit my child and you have to learn rather than agonizing about changing something massive to suit one person that you have to say oh sorry 
Sure. If we can't do it, there's the door. And it was a really hard thing to change my mindset around wanting to please and these those expectations, but I've worked really hard on that. And I know Brittany's got a handle on it, that's for sure. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Where do you think this courage comes from that you have and this tenacity and appetite for risk where has this come from in your life it sounds probably a bit cliche but it's absolutely the courage came from my two children my girls the desire to be a good role model to them they were the reason I've pushed through especially in the early years when I had two or three jobs on top of dancing just to make ends meet I wanted the girls to know that they could be anything and if they manifested it and continued despite challenge they would succeed they've given me that courage to pursue this because they, I want, I wanted so much for them, and so yeah, they're like if I was the lion in the Wizard of Oz, they'd be what I was aiming to go and find. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's brilliant. And what do you think's the bravest or scariest thing you've ever done? Doesn't necessarily have to be in business. I think the way that I flipped my part of the dance industry upside down was quite brave and quite scary. Because I didn't toe the line or play the game really when I started Esteem. I wanted Esteem to be about the children's self-confidence, self-worth. So the idea of attention to detail when it came to technique wasn't even a part of my the class at all to start with. Sure. I want the children to be happy and confident in their self-esteem and to blossom in their confidence. So it was a risk not to prioritise technique sure. because that's what you do in a dance environment you make children have perfect toes perfect lines be dynamic dancers but I truly believe that if they had that sense of self-worth they would emulate those things that were needed later and I suppose so it was really brave to flip flip how dance teaching has been done for many centuries and it was scary because it could have fallen flat on my face people might not have resonated with that but it seems people have because they want they don't care if their child's not the best. They come to esteem because they want the child to have fun and fit in and learn a skill set and just grow in confidence. And so my little twisting it backwards worked. Amazing. As scary as it was. <laughs> so how old? So children come on board normally at what age? Six or? We have a program which starts at 18 months oh, and wow. we go right up to adults. So wow. the 18 month program I developed to allow parents to to work with their children to develop skills based on a model of Gardner's multiple intelligence theory. Yeah. So it's really about them a lot of life skills as well as dancing and adding in some educational value like language acquisition and maths concepts and stuff like that. So that's the 18-month-old area. And then we've got a toddler program, a kindy program, and then, yes, we go all the way up to adults. So everyone. <laughs> I saw your hip-hop program a little while ago and that, looked, that caught my eye but I didn't get to go to it. So is that still running? Hip-hop, yes, yes. yes yeah, we, we have great hip-hop teachers and yeah, the hip-hop's a very, a very demanding and competitive area that children really want to get into. My students definitely love the hip-hop at the moment. They're, all the kids, are just the classes are flourishing in the hip-hop genre, that's Amazing, sure. amazing. In terms of your mindset, obviously we all have fears. Some people, or maybe some people are fearless. But in terms of your business and fears that you may have had, in terms of some people might be fearful of failure or rejection or massive success. Is there anything that for you you've been fearful of and how has that impacted your business or how did you overcome that? The only thing I fear is the day I have to stop. 
I think. Yeah. I mean, I've broached the subject of my back a little bit through through chatting to you. I do have a collapsing spine. So I have two nerves pinched in my lower lumbar and they are causing excessive pain. So there is a looming operation not so far away, yeah. which I will have to do. But so that's my only fear, really, having to stop doing what I love before it's time for me to stop. Apart from that, I don't fear much because I've always been the type of person to take risks and move with my heart and just roll with it. So even when things went, the the lockdowns and things like that happened, I wasn't fearful because I knew that we would always looked after our families and we put them first. And I was really, really pleased when we did come out the other side because there was nothing to fear. We, we, came out of it gangbusters and so sure you did so yeah, yeah fear's not n- never been a big part of my vocabulary really which I love that it's <laughs> good that. and I know we worked together because you were part of a program that I worked on which was the with small business development corporation in western australia and we I actually was your coach back in the day yes. and uh, yeah how important is it for you do you think or how important do you think it is for people to maybe have someone who's got their back who's a coach or a mentor and I guess what was your experience of that and what did you learn from that experience? I have to say I definitely got the long straw having you. I was so grateful when, when I found out that you were going to be my mentor. The program was amazing and it was a definite pivotal point in changing my 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 business mindset so I didn't actually realize how important a coach or a mentor was until I actually had one because when you're in your business day in day out with no one else but yourself to make to be accountable it can be difficult to stay truly focused on everything and you also forget how important it is to value yourself and your time and celebrate your wins instead of always being hard on yourself when you have minor setbacks And you definitely gave me so many tools and so much insight into that work-life balance and to how to celebrate the wins and why we should celebrate the wins. And that was so inspiring. That was just so encouraging. And that helped so much. That was a, yeah, that was a snowball effect. And having a business mentor was invaluable to me to keep, to teach me to keep up to date with things like KPIs or future business planning, because it was certainly something I didn't do prior to having your coaching. And it was nice to have someone to be there to reinforce your strength and I never saw myself as an entrepreneur I never used that word ever before you became my mentor I hear that a lot actually um, it gave me so much more confidence to embrace that entrepreneurial mindset and not just say I'm a dance teacher so I'm much more than a dance teacher and I am so grateful and the time with you was invaluable so thank you so much Vicky. Thank you it was a pleasure and seeing your success now and how you're expanding and also seeing how yourself and Brittany have flourished as a business partnership is it's incredible to watch and I think you've got something really special there and to be able to share that with others about your experience being in business too you've got a hell of a lot of things to share especially being in business now for the time that you have and being able to share that with the world's incredible and you never know you might have some dancers turn entrepreneurs in the future you never know you might have those in your studio you probably have already I've found already them. got one <laughs> I've actually got a very inspiring one if I could quickly yeah, tell you yeah of course you can she got diagnosed with scoliosis so she was in a brace 23 hours a day she was allowed to take the brace off to come dancing and she was told she'd been in it for a few years anyway she was in it for seven but she never ever gave up she was just she was so inspiring to me and she's gone on to do amazing things she's got her own podcast and she is also a nutritionist and is living the dream so yes stories like that 
yeah, there's quite a few of them, but that's one that, that I hold dear to my heart. Amazing, yeah. amazing. And what do you think was, in terms of sharing top tips of how, if someone's feeling really stuck at the moment or they're in a negative situation, what would you say to them? Because you've gone through a lot with your physical health and actually it's never stopped you. It's never stopped you achieving your dreams. But what would you say to people who maybe are going through their own challenges how can they get themselves out of that situation or what advice would you suggest to them to for moving forward? I just, optimism breeds optimism, I feel. And I think that if you're in that mindset that you're not, you're feeling a bit down or you're not sure if you're going in the right direction, go hang out with some really happy entrepreneurs that are oozing with optimism because it's infectious. I think that I certainly know that I love being around people that are excited about the future and at the cup half full and that then in turn inspires me and then I go into the studio and I'm using optimism and then that inspires the kids so I think don't yeah optimism breeds optimism be around people that that like your spa and make you smile and make you laugh and don't let the little things get in the way of um of the big picture because they can snowball the right way or the wrong way and you just got to brush them aside and keep moving forward yeah, that's fantastic. I'm wondering, 14 years ago, if you were to go back in time and give yourself some advice, what would be the things that you would tell yourself as a new business owner? Oh, I think if I was to go back in time, I would tell myself to have started earlier, I think, because nice. I was already an entrepreneur in my eight-year-old self doing dance classes for one cent and two cent pieces in the <laughs> dining that. room. Love that. So I think I've always had that that wanting to be a dance teacher, wanting to be my own my own boss and create something. So yeah, if I could probably I'd say crack the whip, get moving now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Start your dreams as soon as you can. Take action. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. I see a lot of that and certainly when I've had success in my life I've taken action and backed myself to do whatever that is and you might not have all the answers but you can certainly ha- find people along the way who can help you along that journey. So final question Carrie-Anne, what does success look like for you in the future? From a physical perspective and a business perspective, the physical success is having that bigger premises that we can offer as much classes and as, as much diversity as we can and move into the wellness space as well. So we would love to have another 50 to 70 students by July 2023. That's the goal. So on a personal success level, I'd like to be able to coin a phrase you brought to me in 2021. I'd like to work smarter, not harder. Oh, I love that. Having the business running in a way that I can delegate certain jobs and have more time for adventure. My husband and I have always had this sort of pipe dream. He loves animals. He's always wanted to get involved with WWF and and work in animal rescue in developing countries. And I've always wanted to go and teach dancing and English in developing countries. So it'd be really, really nice that we could be a space where I could delegate enough work so that I could leave the studio for a little time during the year and go off and do our bit for the universe, to put it in a holistic way. So, yeah, that's what success would be on a physical level and an emotional, spiritual level moving forward. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your insights today. And you're an incredible business owner, an incredible human being. And I know you're going to go on and do some amazing things and impact more and more people across the globe in the future. I wish you all the success and thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much, Ricky. It was a pleasure. Thank you.